There couldn't be me. Whoa. Beyonce on my neck, I would simply just, uh, I would just be like, uh, take me out. Let the paramedics put me in the body bag. I'm done. I can't. Imagine being out at like, Beyonce. I feel like I would just like melt into the ground and die. <laughs> melt into the ground. <laughs> but like, um, that's the thing. It's like, obviously, if you're like a Beyonce fan to the point where like, you know more of her songs than single ladies and love on top. You know that yeah. she puts in that work. And that's the kind of thing with like biopics as well. There is like a certain, when you see the people you admire and see people you love in these roles, there's already a kind of like something synonymous with them. Beyonce is seen as iconic, legendary, and hardworking. That is what you know. And then there are the biopics that aren't exactly biopics, but films focus on real life events you know yeah and the casting choices that they have are very like there's a certain nuance to it however that nuance is meant to overwrite the first thing that people think when they see the casting choice like zach efron being casted as ted bundy in that netflix movie zach efron has been seen as an american heartthrob for years he was in high school musical and on girls' bedroom posters for years and years and years. And there are already young women and older women who already glorify Ted Bundy and uh, Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. So for you to have an actor who has fit so easily into the role of the American heartthrob playing this murderer, this horrible person, this terrible person, and also the fact that like Ted Bundy's real-life girlfriend could only have involvement in the movie until after her lawyers got involved. But the real victims' families didn't really have any say in how the people yeah. they knew were portrayed. And yeah. that's when, you know, I don't want to classify true crime and biopics the same way, because I think biopics are a little more overdramatic and kind of that lifetime feel. But yeah. true crime has that feeling as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um... With with true crime documentaries, especially ones on Netflix, they really have the same kind of style where they go for the dramatics, even though they're filled with interviews and maybe the occasional like reconstruction dramatization. But that's my issue with the Netflix ones. Even though they're meant to be documentaries, a lot of the time they feel like they're more of a biopic. They kind of blend genres. I just watched... Um, I think it's the girl in the picture mm. and we really didn't enjoy it mostly because we didn't think it was particularly a good film mm-hmm. like not 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 the what they were talking about just the film in general mm-hmm. the documentary in general just wasn't particularly good but also the way they made it with the really sad music trying to invoke these really emotional feelings it felt like we were being kind of emotionally manipulated yeah. into kind of you know, you know, the story itself is sad, but they were really going out their way to, to kind of push push it on us, mm-hmm. almost like a Pixar film. And it just didn't really fit because it's meant to be a documentary where, you know, most documentaries don't even have any music. And it just gave it, it gave it this superficial feel. It, it didn't make it feel real. Like it, it, watching it, it didn't feel like it actually happened. And I find that's the case with a lot of Netflix Netflix's stuff, especially. That's why I've tried to kind of steer away from Netflix documentaries a little bit, especially with the true crime ones. And I mainly just listen 
the podcast now because I find the podcasts are more truthful and honest. And with just people just talking to you, you kind of digest the, what they're trying to tell you a bit more mm-hmm. than the kind of theatrics that some films kind of inject into their films, if that makes sense. <laughs> it also sucks when, like, I truly, like, I used to be a huge true crime fan. Like, I used to work for a social media star who, her specialty was true crime. Like, that was her niche. Mm. But, like, it's been, I think, more than a year since I stopped working for her. And looking back, even though in her community she did try very hard to, like, you know, drive home the point that we are not glorifying serial killers, we are simply trying to report on the facts, there is a certain kind of, like, frenzy that embodies people when it comes to true crime. Because there's the thrill of learning about murder, there's a thrill about the mystery, about finding out what happens. And when the people who have committed the crime, who have been affected by the crime, are still alive, or have like social media accounts, or have people that are, you know, alive and kicking and online, there is that, there, like people lose all sense of self and common sense, and they forget that boundaries exist. And they just think that yeah. like, everyone's life story is open for their conception. You know, it's the same thing with like, yeah. um, John Bonet Ramsey. How there was this whole trend on TikTok of people trying to like point the murder on the brother and like people yeah. looking at the parents' interviews and trying to like, you know, decode things and stuff like that. And like people have interest and you have hobbies and you have things that yeah. you like. But when the things that you like can, you know, cause you to cross a line and make someone feel like they can't even exist on the internet as a normal person or make you feel like they have to like change their name in order to like just have a job like there's a certain line that's constantly crossed in true crime and with films regarding like murders there's a tv show that's centered around uh, a murder that happened i think it's candy on hulu it's that one that neighborhood that happened is a real neighborhood. And if I lived on that street and somebody started driving down my street trying to ask me about something that had nothing to do with me and try to interview me, what's wrong with you? Like, there's, there's you can like a TV show, but when it gets to the point where you're spending money and your time to try to figure things out, like you're a detective, that's what we gotta stop, you know? Like there's also an HBO Max miniseries called The Staircase, where Colin Firth is playing a murderer. Colin yeah, Firth is a lovable guy. He's played characters that people enjoy and like. And of course, him taking on this serious role is great. And like, obviously him taking on this role is not him like condoning murder. But when you watch the show with an actor that you associate with wholesome characters and the person he's playing is a terrible person, it inadvertently plays into... Is he really a bad guy? Is he really yeah. that bad? And you're like, well, it's up to the audience to decide that, and it's up to your common sense, and like, da 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 da, all that stuff. Yes, and like, obviously, you want a good actor to play the role and portray the person true to form, but there's still like our underlying knowledge of who this person is. Like, I know Zach Efron yeah. playing Ted Bundy. I know Ted Bundy's a bad person. However, there are girls, namely white women, online, namely TikTok, that have seen Zach Efron. Yeah on High School Musical and are now obsessed with true crime, Ed Ten Bundy, and for some reason think this man is attractive, even though 
he looks like a dirty sock that just crawled out the sewer, but you know what? That's just me. It's like, yeah. you know, and also the director kind of like defended it being like, you know, Ted Bundy was seen as attractive at the time. Zac Efron is a teenage sweetheart. It makes sense. No, it doesn't. Cast somebody ugly next time. Yeah. Cast somebody or don't do it again. Just don't do it. Yeah. And I, Zac Efron doesn't really even look like him in the first place. Other than that white with brown hair. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. Also, Zac Efron, I love you. You're a phenom. You're you're a great guy. Uh, I don't know if you're a good actor. I'm sorry. I like Seventeen again. I like, I like that your himbo traveling show. We're trying to be Bear Grylls. <laughs> your himbo traveling show. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's a poor quote. <laughs> but like Ted Bundy, I like that Lily Collins was casted in it because I feel like Lily Collins really did fit like the Ted Bundy victim profile. Yeah. I also yeah. want to say whoever is Ted Lily Collins' agent, they have had it out for her since Shadowhunters. They have. Why was she in that movie to the bone? And why was Keanu Reeves in that movie? Um, yeah, that, that was random. I didn't know he was going to be in that. I was watching it and then he appeared. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I get that we want to get away from action films, but maybe not that. Mm. Keanu Reeves should yeah. do more romantic movies, though. I feel like yes, that would be I haven't, I haven't seen the one he's in, but my friend said he is fantastic in it. The Netflix one. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember yeah. what it's called. It's but he good. said he should do them as well. It's hilarious. It's good. Yeah. Um, gosh. And my friend recommended that I watch the um, Michael Pierce Peterson one. But I already know the case, so I don't want to. And also, like... I'm going to have to Google it. I'm not sure. I don't... I, the thing is, I don't want to. Like, there are good documentaries on Netflix... I've watched a couple of them, and I like them. Like, The Pharmacist is one I watched recently, and I think it's very good. It's very true to form. I like documentaries that involve the people in interviews. Like, How to Fix a Drug Scandal, I love that documentary. I think it's great. I think it's a great documentary. And there are documentaries you watch where, like, okay, this feels kind of like, what's going on here? Like, um, Don't F with Cats. It's a good documentary, but there are some things about it that I kind of, like don't really like there's also a documentary on netflix about that hotel the cecil hotel yes i saw that one yeah Yeah. it's pretty good but there are too many accounts from people who are chronically online there's no other term to give it like they're chronically online yeah and giving conspiracy theories and like giving their own thoughts and like something that's meant to be a documentary and factual and then having like the real life manager of the hotel in the documentary as well it's kind of like why are you here why'd you say yeah, yes to it's, this it starts to when they do when they do stuff like that it starts to feel like they're marketing the hotel more than talking about what they're supposed to be talking about and that's another thing I don't like with some true crime things is mm. that they lean into conspiracies because, like, um, my family's else in been... the case, so they have to lean on something. Yeah, like my family's been involved in like a I suppose you could call it a true crime case, like as victims, not as we're not like murderers or anything. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, like I've heard podcasts, I've listened to a few podcasts about it, and they're usually really inaccurate and filled with conspiracy theories that I know is untrue. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, you know, and as, as a relative of, you know, the victim that they're talking about, it just doesn't, it, it you know, it's just exactly what you said. It's just, it's distasteful it's, sometimes. Yeah. It's really distasteful. That's the word I was looking for. But you don't want to like 
you don't want to like call these people up and email them and be like, actually, this is wrong and correct them. Cause then they're going to start mm. inviting you on. And then you kind of open exactly. up to people. And then like when you're someone who's dealt with something like that and you kind of like trying to give your side of the story, I understand people want to like tell this person's story cause they passed away and you want their life to be remembered the way you remembered them. And it can be hard yeah. cause you don't want to open the door to like, other people knowing who you are or like open the door to people yeah. who you know that didn't know this happened to you and now they want to yeah. like play like they're uh part of this american life and like it's not like that you know yeah i understand you know yeah and and a lot of the time they make documentaries too quick to when mm. things happened i find yes. like um with the book with the podcasts I was just talking about, the one involving my family, mm-hmm. like it was like they did it like before any kind of information was really out. So mm-hmm. it was even more inaccurate. And I find the same way happens with biopics and documentaries, especially documentaries. They'll just do, and and, and they did a, they did like a movie of the Chilean miners like a year mm-hmm. after it happened. <laughs> they did do that, which is kind yeah, of yeah. Like... Which is kind of, well, it's also... It feels cash grabby. The Chilean Miners is also a heartwarming story that's, like, took the hearts of America. And Hollywood loves those movies for campaign season. Also, mm. Colin Farrell's in that movie. And Colin Farrell has he... been... I think he is in the movie. I I've not he... seen it. I, I, I know Antonio Banderas is in it, but that's as much as I know. Oh, <laughs> Antonio Banderas? For real? I think, yeah... I think so. I've not seen it, so I could be wrong. <laughs> Hold on. Chilean coal miners movie. The 33? Is that it? Yes, oh, it's I not think... well-reviewed already. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's not good. Oh, I don't think... Oh, okay. So, um... Colin Farrell is not in this movie. I was missed... I saw, a, like... I saw, like, a little trailer. Not a trailer. I saw a still from one of the shots of the film. And I saw someone who looked like him. It wasn't him... Mm. It's someone else, but Lou Diamond Phillips is in it. And Lou Diamond Phillips is like one of those actors that I've seen a lot in um, a lot of American shows where he's like one of those actors where you just like kind of see him, but you don't really recognize him from somewhere. And it's just like, oh, I know yeah. that actor from something. He's in this movie. Also, there is an actress in this film as well who was in um, NCIS. Have you ever seen NCIS? Do you know what NCIS Have I seen NCIS? Yeah. Years ago. Is okay. it still on? It it's on Disney on. Plus over here. I know that much. <laughs> it is? Yeah. <laughs> like okay. all 20 seasons, how many there are. And Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> um, Cote Pablo, she was in that show. She's in this movie too. It's interesting that she got cast in this movie. Also, um, Oscar from The Office is in this movie? Oh, really? Yeah. Also, James Brolin is in this movie? You know who James Brolin is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Josh's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Josh's dad. <laughs> yeah. You know he married Barbara Streisand? Yeah, uh, we were watching Goonies literally yesterday, and I mentioned oh. it to my friend, and he had no idea. <laughs> that was so random. Me, like, watching Infinity War, learning about Josh Brolin, and then learning his dad is married to Barbara Streisand. I was like... Yeah. Yo! Nepotism king. <laughs> I was like, okay. Go on, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I yes. do recognize... I just opened your link, the Mina, Mina Lee link. I do recognize her, but I don't yeah. think I've watched any of her videos. Yeah, she's really awesome. 
Um, there's also a Gabby Petito movie coming to Lifetime. Who's Gabby Petito? That really rings a bell. Gabby Petito was a young woman who passed away. Uh, she was hiking and um, she was reported missing on September 11th. I believe it was pretty recently. It wasn't Is that... this the one where her involved her boyfriend? Yes. It was in Wyoming of last uh, year. There was a well-documented road trip across the country. And yes, the Petito family hasn't commented on it. The thing is, is that the Petito family is now in a, a, a legal battle with the boyfriend's family, I believe. And a notebook belonging to the boyfriend where he claims responsibility for what happened to her September 21. It was released by the family attorney of the boyfriend's family. And it's very yeah. like, this is a, like this, it would be so horrible to lose somebody in such a terrible way. But for every single detail of what happened to now be like a piece of news for people to talk about. And like, yeah. imagine trying to watch Good Morning America and someone has a picture of your daughter talking about what yeah. happened to her in like a casual way. And then they switch it over to like uh, Joe and he's going to show you a very healthy veggie lasagna. And then they're going to talk about like Chloe Bailey, whether or not her ass is real. Like the way that like someone's life <laughs> turns into literally a media bite. Yeah. It's gross. It's gross. Yeah. And then like turning into a movie is unfair. You know, like I can't imagine the lengths that certain people have gone through. I would not be surprised if, uh, Zendaya has like solidified the rights to her life story and it's like y'all are not touching this with <laughs> y'all are not touching this with a 10 yard pole I don't even go on Twitter you think you're gonna make a movie about me y'all got another thing call me the way we, re we really don't really know that much about Zendaya like and she's still so like I love her to death and like I know her mama I know her white mama love her too and would not let nobody <laughs> try to take her baby story and put it on HBO or Lifetime or any of them places. I was about to say, Lifetime will try. They will try. <laughs> the fact that there was a Flint movie on Lifetime while Flint still not ha did not have clean water. Is that really? There is. There oh, is. that's so distasteful. The thing is, yeah. I watched it. Even though it's very interesting and it was very educational, it was still like, yeah. this shouldn't have been made. Yeah, because I bet none of that money went to actually helping. Mm. I don't even think they really made any money off that movie. Because, like, what's the point? Like, sometimes Lifetime gets it yeah. right with, like, Surviving R. Kelly and like, a couple other movies. But sometimes y'all really do, do, like, don't, like, y'all really are, do, like, I don't know. Like... The best, the best one that fits your reaction is Magic Beyond Words. Have you seen that? Magic Beyond Words? It's the uh, J.K. Rowling biopic from Lifetime. It is fantastic in all the bad ways possible. Was this biopic <laughs> after we found out that she was transphobic? No, it was long before. This mm. was probably, mm, I want to say, almost 10 years ago. Uh, oh. Quickly. I probably, I probably watched it because I used to watch a lot of Lifetime movies. I'm not going to lie. 2011, so yeah, more than 10 oh, years ago okay. now. And it's filled with so many forced references that is absolutely fantastic. Like, she calls her friend a Weasley guy, and they're, like, standing next to, like, a Ford Anglia car, like, bronze car. There's another one where she's writing, and she's imagining, like, the candles floating, and then she goes to the post office, and there's a goblin <laughs> behind the counter. 
it's just just ham-fisted Harry Potter references over and over and over again. And it's kind of brilliant in a really kind of way, like how the room is brilliant. <laughs> I recommend watching it at least once because I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube for free. That's how good it is. <laughs> that director has a Pottermore account. That director <laughs> is a Hufflepuff. That director oh, for has sure. the scarf, the jacket, the letterman, the sweater, the mug, the hat. The the that director has a gold snitch. They have a wand. And they know what's in their wand. They're like, oh it's oh, oak yeah. and it's unicorn hair. And it's like Girl, if the, the best part is that obviously I live in Britain and mm-hmm. watching films that are set in Britain but clearly don't star British people or were filmed here makes it even better for me. Like, um, it's just like no one in it is British and it's just so plainly obvious because the accents, no matter how good they sound, you can still kind of tell they're not from around here. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the settings. Like, it's the same with Bly Manor. Just because you put a, a red phone box on the corner of the street doesn't isn't going to fool me. <laughs> uh, I do love Bly Manor, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, like, I, we were watching it. It was like, this feels like it's Canada. Like, I, I haven't been to Canada, but it feels like it's Canada. I don't know why. And we Googled it, and they filmed it in, like, Vancouver. It's like sex education, where everyone there is British, but it feels like an American... School. Yeah, like they have like um I haven't seen it, but I've seen bits of it. I really don't understand it because they go to school in like their clo- own clothes, right? There's like no uniforms. They and they have get like uniforms later in the seasons, but that's really bizarre that they don't start with uniforms. Yeah. All our schools have uniforms, and like um I've seen they have like water floor lockers. We don't have those. A lot of schools don't even have lockers. Like um, I didn't go to a school until secondary school where we had lockers and they're literally like this big, uh-huh. like my head. Oh. <laughs> and it's just for like our PE kits, nothing really else. That's why they're so small. It's and the, the unif- The creator is American, but the actors oh. are British. Like, yeah, all of oh, them. That, it kind of shows, man. Yeah, because uniforms is like a massive thing in like British culture, <laughs> like. Every school has a uniform. I've never been to one where we don't. Mm. And, like, we would have, like, specific days where we can wear what we want. It'd be on, like, a Friday at the end of, like, term. And it'd be own clothes day. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cute. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. I think true crime... True crime and biopics. Because I think my main problem with true crime is that people just get too entangled with the mystery... And they get kind yeah. of too obsessed with, like, solving it. And also, people do not take enough time to consider how the families feel. Because, yeah. I've said this on the podcast, and I'll say it again. If, God forbid, if I get murdered, and y'all find out that, like, one of these YouTubers is telling my story while fixing her eyeshadow, you better let her know not to say my name again. All right? You better let her know. Listen. Let her know. I'm not the one. All right? Not the one, nor the two. Take me off your docket, please. You writing that Google Doc, writing your little script? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't think so. Don't do it. Don't do it. And, you know, um, a lot of these, like, biopics that are coming out, like the Emmett Till one, Mm. we don't need it. We no, I, I ask for this. Yeah, no, I feel like 
Emmett Till is one that should be, is a story that should be taught in schools more than a film. And the thing is, they don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm in England, so we didn't get taught about it. I, mm. I learned online about it. I, I, do they teach it in schools in America? Uh, not really. Maybe no. in some classes they did, but not in my school. No. Yeah. Like um, with us, with our history lessons, when it comes to black history, it only really comes down to slavery. Hmm. And even then, they spend, at least, I mean, I haven't been to school in like years yeah. now but when i was there um it was mainly focused on the american side of the slave trade yeah. and like they really played down the british role in it even though we had slaves we had a big part of it they really played it down and just kind of mentioned it and focused just the american side of it and if and like we have our own history with like we have our own civil rights mm -hmm. um history and we never learned anything like that we just they just they just okay. told us about slavery in america kind of mentioned that britain was involved and that was it when there were so many more aspects to it and the emmett till case you know it's years after slavery ended but it still fits into the civil rights era section of mm -hmm. black history yeah and it it's more suited in a historical sense, rather than a, what I'm assuming is going to be heavily dramatized at the end of the day, probably mostly fictional account of real history, which is sad, distasteful, and yeah, and the fact that Whoopi's involved really upsets me because I really like Whoopi. At least I try to like her. Yeah. But then she goes and makes films like this. It's, uh, it's, it's very discouraging to mm. see the kind of movies and stories that get highlighted and get told and the ones that get the most attention from you know award shows and just like all around just like the press and usually of course the people who make these films they prep themselves to answer the hard questions in regards to this and I feel like the one thing that will come out of the Emmett Till biopic is that there will obviously be a lot of people talking about how there are still to this day black people were simply trying to live their lives and white people reporting on them thus endangering their lives because we know that there are many stories of cops stepping over the blue line and endangering the people's of the people that they're meant to protect and serve because they are improperly trained to see more black people as criminals rather than seeing them as members of the community that are meant to be protected and serviced you know and it's like I am tired of movies like you know we do have you know examples like Moonlight and Do the Right Thing and uh, Boys in the Hood films that are unconventional well done starring black cast and directed by black people written by black people for black people that are revered and shown love at these award shows but there's also other movies that have come out that are ignored or not given the same love like for instance dope i think is a really great movie and it's a lot of fun and also the last black man in san francisco miss juneteenth that came out of 2020 those are examples of movies that are really well done and also showcase black life but don't focus on black trauma in order yeah. to gain people's attention and <clears throat> Also, if Beale Street could talk, which was a really good movie that did get um, uh, uh, award show love, but I don't feel like it got enough. It's a very good movie. Like no. I watched it and no. I really loved it. 
And, you know, it's just, it's kind of, why are we still doing this? Like, yeah. what is the point? Like, obviously, it's a point to tell till story, but I would much rather hear the story from the family's perspective. Yeah. I would much rather see interviews by the family. And if they don't want to do that, that's fine. Like, that's fine. But I feel like we need to draw a line as to where, like, there's ways to teach people about these stories. And maybe a biopic is not it. Because yeah. biopics take liberties. I'm... And they'll, fa- like, make things fictional. And they'll, da 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 whatever. Like, they'll add in a sister in the movie, maybe. You know? Which, like, don't make, and like, the... don't do it. And the, the and it gets worse as as the film will age. Mm-hmm. Uh, like teachers will show it in classes as if it's fact. Mm-hmm. And of course, and, like they'll go yeah. back and they'll try and like re- like uh, 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 retroactively try to you know correct some of the things in the movie. But it's a movie. Yeah. I and I'm I I don't think it will be in the film, but they mentioned it in the trailer about how at his wake they had his body on full display because it's mm-hmm. that famous picture and it's a famous picture but i know it won't be in the film because of of ratings reasons if they do show it that would be mm, not great but you know no. i do want to say i don't really like black trauma films because yeah. i feel like a lot of times people only see the stories that black people write and they only want to hear about the pain and the misery that people go through. And I don't like that. Like it, I don't like it. But one movie that I do really like is Mudbound and it's not a biopic. It's directed by D. Reese. It's on Netflix. And it's basically about this young black man who was a soldier and he came back from World War II to his family and Courtney B. Vance is in it. Mary J. Blige is in it. She's amazing. And, you know, the film is a really good movie because it shows how, like, even though during the times slavery is over, there's still this underlying kind of unsaid rule that if a white person asks you to do something, you do it. You do it. Because you don't know who their family is. And you don't know if they're, like, actually, like, they'll be okay with you. Like, there is the dad. He asks the wife, who's Mary J. Blige, to babysit the daughter, to help clean, to help cook. And she is not their nanny. She does not have to do that. She could say no, but she says yes, because even though it's understood that slavery is over, there's also the understanding that slavery may be over, but the KKK is still around. And you don't yeah. know which one of these families has a friend or a grandpa who may yeah. be a part of that. And we can't, like, there's no way to verify it. You just have to assume and you gotta be yeah. careful because you never know what's going to happen. And it's a film where it takes the historical context of that time that's not really talked about, and it does it in a way that is understandable if you get the context or if you kind of understand like the underlying reason behind it. And I think that there are films that try to gain that nuance and try to cover that, but biopics lack that because they focus too much on like, pulling at your heartstrings, making you sad, yes. making you feel yep. things. And they're worried too much about like pulling that out of you, that they're not taking the time to build the tension and build the story and build the background and bring in the context so that you get to that point. You know, with yes. Emmett Till, a lot of people know the story because Emmett Till was a 
young boy and the yeah. story was that he whistled at a white woman and he was lynched and he was killed and unrecognizable by his family and this is something that's been told by many people for many years and you know obviously like it's a very sad story that people should know about but there's always that kind of like let's tell like there's always the people that are like if you're gonna tell the sad stories you gotta make it raw and it's like we don't need to make it like that you know yeah there's a way to go about it but you can't always leave it up to the writers and the producers to gauge that yeah yeah that's also why i don't when like clean it queen and slim i don't think i've seen that one queen and slim What's... it's a lena waith joint also lena waith she's kind of fallen down the black trauma pipeline she also has oh, really? an amazon show called them which is a very clear ripoff of us oh yeah no mm-hmm. i stopped watching that because it was just too much yes yeah yes there's and a I... way to tell stories but yeah when you go a little too heavy-handed with it that's what yeah. you lose me like i used to yeah. love spike lee movies but a lot of there are some movies he has that it's like no like she's gotta have it i'm never watching that movie again hmm. what was the point at the end spike lee <laughs> chirac what's going on oh do the right thing oh crooklyn oh my gosh the way that Spike Lee and Tyler Perry were the two black filmmakers that we had to draw from for years, <laughs> for years. I'm so glad we are free from those shackles. Ah, man. Hallelujah. Ah, bah, shut Have you seen, uh, I think it's called Suburbicon? Suburb- I'm going to Google it. Suburbiton? It's- Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to go, George Clooney directed it, so I'm going to type his name in. Ooh. Also, Blind Spotting is another movie that uh, talks about, like, kind of black trauma, but it does it in a good way. Also, it's a TV show as well. It's very good. Blind yes, Spotting. Yes, uh, I've, I've seen a few episodes of the show, and, and I really liked the film as well. Yes, yeah. Suburbicon. Um, have you seen Suburbicon? I've never even heard of Suburbicon. What's that? So this... This film is about Matt Damon, and um, he has arranged like a home invasion to take place in his house to to get rid of his wife. I'm sorry, what? To kill his wife, yeah. And then there's this whole backstory about how some a black family has moved in across the street and they're being terrorized by the neighbors. And watching it, I get that it suits the time because it's set in like the 50s, but it also had nothing to do with the main plot, as far as I can remember. It was just kind of happening in the background because the whole plot is is that um, I'm pretty sure it's that Matt Damon's son is figuring out that his dad is involved with the mum's murder. And then there's this whole irrelevant backstory about the black family across the street being terrorized by the racist neighbors like in like in them. But it's. It's Matt like a completely. Damon is terrorizing. Is it Matt Damon or is it other people? No, no. It's so the main plot is Matt Damon, and then it's the whole other subplot is the neighbors terrorizing a black family, and so everybody in this neighborhood is bad. Yeah, it's just yeah, and I mean I might be remembering it wrong, but as far as I can remember, it didn't like it didn't really fit in with the story they were originally telling. The black family storyline is loosely based on a 1957 incident in Leveton, Pennsylvania, in which a family moves into a previously all-white neighborhood leading to racism and violence against the family. So you mean to tell me you shoehorned 
racism yeah. into your TBS TV movie? <laughs> really? You're straight mm-hmm. to DVD movie? George Clooney? <laughs> How about you sell your liquor and leave us alone? Hey. <laughs> wow. So, Barbicon. That's another movie I have to watch with somebody else because I'm not watching it on my own. Yeah. Um... This. I haven't even watched this and I'm already like, I, I can't. What did you think of Get Out? Because I didn't particularly like it because of... You didn't like Get Out? Only because of what it's about. I found it really frightening. Like, it did its <laughs> job. It scared me. <laughs> I was about to be like, oh, don't and you like, like... You remember that one like, uh, I, Oscar I voter that it. was like, oh, Get Out isn't a good movie. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no, it is good. It's just that I just... It scared me enough that I like don't really like it hmm. but i can re i've rewatched it several times but like i went to see it with like my white dad so on the whole drive home i was just like what did you think <laughs> <laughs> what like, did you think <laughs> it's funny because like jordan peele said it was a documentary and that's hilarious because obviously his wife is white so it's like yeah we know you're joking but like <laughs> <laughs> And what do you think of us as well? Because I prefer us to get out. I really, I really like that. I have seen us because I know it's going to be oh. scary. And also, I love Lupita Nyong'o. I love her down. But I don't want to see her in a role that makes me change how I see her. Oh, I don't want to see she's... her that way. She's, she was snubbed of an Oscar. She should have won that year. She's brilliant at it. Why is and it that the is... Academy hates horror and comedies? It really bothers me. It really annoys me. And I, I see, like, Get Out was, like, the one exception. It was nominated for a, quite a few and won mm-hmm. one. But, like, it was, like, the one horror film we get every 20 years that gets nominated for something. And, they like, before really then, said, you know what, Jordan Peele? Here's your Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Now leave. <laughs> they love to do that. They love to give uh, black people, like, here's your Oscar. Because Regina King won an Oscar for If Beale Street Could Talk, but she directed One Night in Miami, and that was completely snubbed. And Denzel yeah. Washington won an Oscar for uh, Roman Israel Esquire, which is not a good movie, but he was snubbed for Macbeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. <laughs> also, Francis McDonald was in that movie, too. And she won an Oscar, too. Wow. Y'all got... What's, what's going on? Francis McDormand? My girl? The way that Chloe Zhao won director, won best director and best picture, and Frances McDormand did not win best actress. Wow. She did. What she did? She, she for for um for the uh for Nomadland. She did. Yeah, she won two that night. She's a producer as well. Wow. How did I not see that? How did I not know? <laughs> How did I not know? Frances. She was. You were. You were right about Macbeth. She was snubbed for that. Yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, she deserves. Also, Glenn Close. You will get your Oscar. I'll make sure. I think, I think it will be for Sunset Boulevard when that eventually gets made. That that'll be her Oscar. Sunset Boulevard. What's that? It's um an old, I want to say fifties film about a um silent film actress who lost her career when they brought in talkies, and it's about a writer writing her big comeback. And the one Glenn Close will be in is um. An adaptation of Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical version of the film. Of the film, oh. so it's, they're doing what they did with Hairspray, where it went film, musical, musical, film, and I think that will be when she'll win an Oscar for it because it kind of mirrors 
her in a way because Watson like do she's that with Mean Girls film. Yes, and musical, musical film. Yeah, they're making a movie of it. Oh, we're at that age with them remaking Mean Girls. That feels very strange. <laughs> you know, Tina Fey is not SNL anymore, so she's just kind of doing whatever. You know, nothing yeah. against Tina Fey, but you know, it's kind of like the musical. I was like, you know what? I like it. I like mm. it. But the movie musical, I'm gonna say no. Also, Darren yeah. Hansen. I'm sorry, Ben Platt, uh, but you just gotta go. Do not get me started on Darren Hansen. I went to go see that in London, and then a month later, a pandemic happened, and I. I do think those two are correlated in some way because it was I hated it that much. I feel like my negative energy projected into the universe. Also, the fact that Amanda Stenberg is in that movie? Mm. Yo. I'm sorry. Is her agent like... <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? I want to know. First Please the... tell me your thoughts on Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> wow. First of all, I didn't even like the musical. I just like the music. Mm. The story yeah. is the music. bad. The story yeah. is bad. I... The reason why he has anxiety is because he's a liar. He's mm. a liar. Also, no one wants to talk about the fact that there is a black girl who is wrapped up in his lies. You mean to tell me you made a million follower campaign over a lie? You got a black girl at the front of it? Yeah. Would they say good for you and they didn't include that in the movie? That's where you messed up. That's where you messed up. Someone need to be in the face and be like, good for you. Good for you. 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 When I saw it in London, um, I, I went in blind. I had only heard a few of the songs. And I was sat next to a girl. Mm. I was with my friend. But I was sat next to a girl. And I guess I was kind of eavesdropping on her conversation. I <laughs> been, but she was right next to me. So, But she, she had seen it in New York and she was talking to her friend about how amazing and inspirational it was. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is going to be good. I might cry. That'd be good. I feel like crying. <laughs> and then I was just offended all the way through. Yeah. All the way through. And as, as someone who has a mental illness kind of similar to what they imply he might have, mm-hmm. I was just like even more offended that... Oh, yeah. There's a yeah. diagnosis. Yeah, like it's just kind of implied. Everything what you might is have. implied in the musical. Um, yeah. How about you say it with your chest? Literally. Huh? Literally. Literally. <laughs> say it with your chest. Thank you. <laughs> also, like, the fact that, like, Ben Platt's boyfriend should have played Dear Evan Hansen never escapes my mind. Because he looks like him and he also still looks young. Ben Platt yeah. looks 36. His boyfriend looks. <laughs> his boyfriend looks like the Netflix version of a teenager, which is fine because Amanda Sandberg is twenty four. So like, yeah, it would that would have worked better. Like, imagine dating somebody who literally took your role, huh? <laughs> huh? And then if you tried to say that um, if he wasn't in it, then the movie probably would never have been made. That's but fine. he failed to acknowledge That's the fine. fact that his dad bought the rights for him to play the role. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I would be happy with that, Dear Evan Hansen movie. I don't think the mu- musical should have happened. For those who don't know, no. Dear Evan Hansen is a musical about a young boy who broke his arm on the f- and he bat- first day back after breaking his arm. It's implied that he climbed a tree and tried to jump out the tree to end his life. That's implied. It's never said. It's also implied that he has a hard time. He has a hard time making friends. We know this, but it's like depression and anxiety generalized. That's what he has basically. And there's a guy Connor. Yeah. 
Connor, his family doesn't really like him. He's kind of a di- he's kind of a dickhead, and his sister doesn't like him. And Evan likes his sister. Remember that. Evan talks to Connor. Connor signs Evan's cast. Connor is a dickhead to Evan. Next day, we find out that Connor has passed away. He's taken his own life. What happens is that a teacher and a principal assume that Evan know- knew Connor because Connor signed his cast. So Evan does the thing that people do where they don't correct. And him. there was the. And there was the letter as well mm-hmm. that he that Evan wrote to himself yes. that Connor stole, and they yes. thought it was like a love letter or some sort. They thought it was like they wrote emails to each other, or like that's how they communicated with one another. And Evan does the thing that people do, where like you don't correct them, you just kind of let them think that so that you go along with it. And he has his friends help him in this little scheme, and then he basically does this to get close to like Connor and take his place essentially not take his place but like he start he likes connor's sister he tells connor's sister that all the things that connor liked about his sister even though he was really mean to his sister when he was alive but the things that evan tells her are the things that evan likes about her and it kind of like it blurs line also evan has a mom single mother and she's trying her best she's trying her best out here and he does not give his mom enough credit he doesn't and it turns into this whole thing and he lets people believe that him and connor are friends it turns into this whole anti-bullying campaign it goes viral neil patrick harris is in it that's when you know it's viral okay <laughs> fph oh my gosh y'all watch high with your brother wow i mean come on now. so yeah it becomes this whole thing whole lie he has one black friend and like i truly like i want you to know if i had a friend of mine that told me they lost a friend to taking their own life and they want to make this whole anti-bullying campaign i would 100 percent be there by their side help them i find out you lie you about to join their friend you about to join connor all right i'll push you at the tree all right and you're not gonna break your arm okay i saw a tweet once that said if evan was black he would be in prison and i can't help but think that probably would be how I it mean, would go down it's, in it's real fraud. life it's basically yeah. fraud he took people's money you know mm. like and he gets away with it. He learns nothing. He learns yeah. nothing from this. Like, what's to stop him and from I doing rem- it again? Exactly. And I remember when the film was coming out, they said they're going to tweak the ending to make him more responsible. But it's just like he still gets away with it. Like, that's not responsibility. He and gets he took away, away with the it. one song that kind of held him accountable. Which like, one was that? Good for you. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> also, the song. Um, world so big or like world so small i love that song it makes me cry i listened to it once i was listening to it once i was at work and i was like dang i'm chopping these onions i'm about to have a breakdown i'm really about to go what do you think about the glove song because i thought that was the worst song in the world oh my gosh the glove song i didn't like it but i understood like the point of it like yeah it's like a glove and he's literally just taking on connor's life He's yeah. just like he's fitting. He's t- he's putting himself with a puzzle piece, and like yeah, I that's when it to me it started to feel like body snatchers mm-hmm. where like they replace the humans and he's like replaced Connor almost and like yeah. the dad is like he's got a new son that he's more closer to and it just that's that's when it really started to get kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like it was already uncomfortable what he was doing, but then it's just like the boundary was mm-hmm. so far crossed. I feel yeah. like people who liked the Dear Evan Hansen song also liked um, those sweaters that Corona 
I don't think those sweaters that uh Corona Comp was selling. You probably do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. Know. Okay, there are two kinds of clothes I'm gonna show you right now, and okay. I gotta look them up real quick. The fact that like these are real, Corinna. Oh God, I'm scared. It's not. Oh, it's bad. Corinna. Comp oh. Anxiety sweater, and then oh, no. there's another one. Uh, da, 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 da. Um. Okay, there are two. I'm gonna show you both of them. So this is one from Sienna May. She had a clothing line that said, "Did you eat today?" Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Also, this person right here—he's a storyteller. He's like a storytime TikToker. All his stories yeah. are fake. All of them are oh, fake. Really? Yes. Because let me tell you something. If you have a new story every week, every day, and it's crazier than the next, you're getting these from Wattpad. You're getting these from Reddit. You're lying. Like, <laughs> you can't be sleeping with your friend's man every weekend. You would have no friends by then. After the second time, you ain't got no more friends. All right? <laughs> you just got her dusty man in your house. It's not It's not real. But, yeah. Um, there's this one. And then there's, this is the, let me see if I can find the Corinna Comp one. It's this one. Her awful... Oh, no. Yeah. This one with the... Oh, my gosh. Not the tweet, girl. I'm trying to find a more blown-up version. Yeah, so this... You probably can't see it, but it says, My Anxiety Has Anxieties. And then yeah. it has the word anxiety on the back. I don't know how people get away with stuff like this. Like, um, have you heard of Boy London? What about Boy London? Like, their logo is, like, the Nazi Iron Eagle... And, yeah, and, like, they get away with that. It's, like, exactly the same. Oh. And, like, there's shops all across the UK of them. I do not understand. And I see people wearing their clothes, and it's like they don't know what it looks like. Do you see? Yeah. It's, like, exactly the same eagle on the eye. That is... It's so disgraceful. That's actually quite disturbing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you remember when, um, I don't know if you know this, there was H&M, they did this um, clothing shoot. Black boy. Yep, this is it. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yep. <laughs> H&M apologizes for coolest monkey in the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, you just know there was no black people like the thing is the parents actually didn't care they're like oh it's fine Mm, are they fine because his their son got money from it or they're fine because their son got money from it yeah i mean like maybe they're nervous oh i remember seeing that yeah Mm -hmm, yeah this was the most outrageous thing i'd ever seen because i actually saw the the i saw this little ad on um on YouTube. Oh, God. I just... Ugh. It was absolutely ridiculous. I'm not sure if they had it in America, but in um, the UK, I remember seeing billboards of the racist PSP advert. Do you remember the PSP? Hold on. PSP ad. Yeah. So uh, it was when they were bringing out the white PSP, and like the, the normal standard one is black. Yeah, there it is. White is coming. <laughs> 
And I saw that picture in a magazine. That's the worst. That, that, oh my gosh. Because here's the thing though, when you make advertisement, you pitch it, people, you know, they talk about it, they approve it, they take the photo, they print it, they put it in the magazine. There are steps to these things. They don't and there's, just there's post a quality a control check as oh well. Oh my gosh. Everybody needs to be fired. Everybody Literally, needs to be and fired. And that's the games console. There's a billion and one ways you can advertise a games console. And they went like the worst route. Yeah. It's a, it's also worse that like the black woman is basically blending into the photo. And then mm. you have the white hand as a contrast. It's like, this is terrible. This is giving 12 yeah. years a slave. This is, yeah. this is awful. Oh my gosh, man. I hate it. Okay, we've <laughs> we've gone from biopics to like other things. PSPs. So, yep, we're gonna go into our last segment because we're done talking about biopics. We've given our opinions, we've given our thoughts. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go into our last segment, which is called "I'll Pass." We talk about movies, TV shows, or film industry news that we're gonna be passing on. Um, I am going to pass on Persuasion on Netflix because this is not going to sound nice, but sometimes, sometimes you got to be not nice. Um, I have not been convinced that Dakota Johnson can act and- I agree with you. <laughs> Here's the thing. Dakota Johnson fits into the cool girl role so perfectly and so effortlessly. Like, she was in this movie, wow, I forgot what it's called, but the thing is, it's one of those movies I, like, kind of randomly saw, and I was, like, I was literally, like, one day I had a day off from work, and so I was, like, oh, I need to do something today, and I was thinking, like, oh, I'm gonna go and see a movie, and I was thinking to myself, well, what movie should I see, because I really didn't know what movie to see, and so I saw this film just kind of, like, advertised, and I was, like, oh, let me go see it. Hold on, I can't find it. Okay, it's called Bad Times at the El Royale. And it's literally like- Oh, mm -hmm. Cynthia Rebo and yes. Chris Hemsworth are in it, yes. I think, yeah. Also, the fact that like Jeff Bridges, I think is in the movie, Jeff Bridges and Cynthia Rebo are best. I always have that two, like the black woman, the white guy pairing. <laughs> it's like, they're best friends. I know Andrew Garfield and they are besties. I know it might, I know. I know, <laughs> I know, and I'll message you as to why I know, but I know, okay? <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Okay, so like, Dakota Johnson, in that movie, she plays somebody who escaped like a cult that Chris Hemsworth is in. Randomly, Chris okay. Hemsworth hops into this movie. I don't know where he came from. I'm talking about Bad Times at the Yellow Royale, not Persuasion. But he's just in the movie. He just shows up, and I'm like, I mean, I'm not mad at it because you see him shirtless in the movie too, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, you can advertise good. that in the trailer, you know what I mean? But <laughs> I'm not the hero there. You get John Hamm and Chris Hemsworth in your movie, and not enough people saw it. Not enough people went and saw it. What's going on? Yeah. The marketing teams on these films just y'all are lacking. You're lacking. I'm telling you right now. But you know, <laughs> Dakota Johnson being in a Jane Austen retelling. You're not giving Kira Knightley. You're not yeah. giving Gugu Mbatara. You're not giving. You're not giving anything. You're just there. You're saying your lines. And she's just acting like herself. Like, she's not acting. 
I saw a tweet that said, I'm sorry, but Dakota Johnson's face knows what an iPhone looks like. And I was like, I don't know why that makes sense. It does. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It's the same way Fun with fact. like... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go. This isn't exactly the same, but like, it's kind of like with uh, Malcolm and Marie. I've talked about this movie countless times on this podcast. And I'll say it again. I don't like that movie. And I don't know why that movie was done. Because like, as much as I love Zendaya and as great as an actress she is... She plays a teenager on a TV show, and now she's yeah. playing a grown woman. She's a grown woman. Yeah. A grown woman? Like, Dave, yeah. John David Washington is 38. Zendaya is 24. Yeah. The they, age gap was noticeable as well. You can see it! That's the thing. Yeah. With Scarlett Johansson, she has been the love interest of men who are old enough to be her dad for most of her career. The only thing that she can really get away with is that Scarlett Johansson is at least a pretty good actress and she can also kind of look a bit older. That's happened a lot yes. in Hollywood, like with um, one movie, this is random, Alexander, where Colin Farrell plays the young Alexander and Angelina Jolie plays his mom, even though she's literally yeah. four years older than him. You know, like obviously like that's weird, but like yeah. we kind of play into because Angelina Jolie just has like a beautiful face. She's giving like very much gorgeous but you know she kind of can play an older woman because like she kind of has the face to do it and she's a great yeah. actress Zendaya and now that she is older she still looks the same yes beautiful beautiful queen but you know Zendaya is was not the right fit for that role I honestly feel like Asia Naomi King or Nicole Bahari would be a better fit for that role but yeah. you know it's the same thing with Persuasion like we love Jane Austen but Dakota, don't sit here and look at me and tell me you don't have fillers in your face. Like, girl, be for real. Be for real, okay? They were all the rage back then. <laughs> like, also, we're trying to hop on this, uh, y'all trying to hop on the Bridgerton bandwagon. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'm sorry. It cannot, the- And the whole flea bag thing they're trying to do as well i've seen not not that flea bag invented talking to the audience but when the way they do it really seems like they're trying to do flea bag yeah yeah it's not i'm sorry like i feel like we kind of have moved past the um the one movie that has kind of replicated the old school like jane austen or like old uh, English romance, kind of like Becoming Jane or something similar to like Pride and Prejudice, Sense of Sensibility, is Emma. But Emma is yeah. good because it's also a humorous movie, you know? And Anya Taylor-Joy is great for that film. Like, Last Night in yeah. Soho, she's amazing in it. She's amazing in, oh my gosh, there's another movie she's in that was like an indie movie that I had seen a while ago. I need to look it up real quick. But Anya Taylor-Joy is such a beautiful woman. And I love that she is the new It Girl. I think she's amazing. Um, but she just kind of like perfectly fits into... Um, she is a better person to be... Um, oh, Thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds is the movie. I'd seen it a long time ago. It's really, really good though. It's just one of those like kind of indie films. You just kind of like watch. And you're like, oh, why has nobody talked about this? This is This is it for me. But Dakota Johnson does not fit the, the role for this film. She just doesn't. Yeah. You know. Have you seen Lost in Austin? Lost in Austin. 
Now that is really good. It's a British mini series. I think it's only like four episodes, but okay. it's about um, like a modern day woman finds herself in the Pride and Prejudice story. She switched places with the main character, so the main character comes into the real world. Oh, but but the whole you don't see her very much. The whole story's in Pride and Prejudice, but it's like this modern girl who's it's like she's time traveled but oh. she hasn't she's like somehow gone into the book and it's really good surprisingly it sounds like i'm probably making it sound like absolute crap but it is really good no that does sound good and i would like a resurgence of the romance genre like daniel kaluuya said in an interview that he would like to be in a rom-com and i support yeah. it i support 110 percent. i think that man's amazing i also love that he is jordan peele's new muse i think that is yeah. essential Yes, Jordan Field deserves a muse, and Daniel Kaluuya is definitely the right guy for the job. Um, what else? I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Uh, no, I forgot. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. Is there anything that you're going to pass on, uh, Jordan? Is there any news or any movies you kind of saw coming out and you're mm-hmm. like, no? I, I don't know. I can't think of any. <laughs> I kind of passed on Elvis, mm-hmm. but I want to see it now, and Top Gun as well. Top Gun mainly because it was all I was hearing about and I don't care for Tom Cruise, but now I kind of want to see it for Glenn Powell, who's my current white boy summer pick. But other than that... (laughs) (laughs) Wait. Bless you. Thank you. Who is Glenn Powell? Oh! He was in Hidden Figures. He was in Hidden Figures. He was also in... um, He plays... I'm not going to lie. Glenn Powell has like kind of that generic white boy look that I feel like has been passed around in Hollywood a lot, but yeah. he's a good actor. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. He, like, he looks like every other white boy, but he actually makes up for it in acting skills. Oh, also he's in the movie set it up with, yes. Uh, yes. Lucy Liu. Yeah. yeah. With Lucy we watched Liu? that recently for the first with time. Yeah, yes. she's in it. Yeah. yeah. And Zoe Dutch. Zoe Dutch is also in the movie called Not Okay, which is coming out on Hulu. Yes. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to like it. I'm going to like it. My friend and he liked it. I'm not going to lie. A movie where the protagonist, we don't have to root for her? She's bad on purpose? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there are influencers in the movie, and the thing is, is like, I don't like it when influencers are just thrown into a movie just for, like, whatever like pokemon being in free guy is like okay pokemon is a free guy whatever like it's not like they didn't actually give her like lines they just kind of they throw her in there you know so she yeah. say she's in a movie and you have like it's a video game movie she's a gamer she's fit popular like she's in the film she deserves of course because pokemon is great but you know there are influencers in that movie not okay that are actually kind of like you would kind of know who they are and if you look them up after you watch the movie what they do lines is in reference to like what they talk about in the film like i think best dressed she's a youtuber and she's in this film and she's pretty great like i'd like her so i'm excited for that movie to come out i think it'll be very Uh. it'll be very interesting yeah also dylan o'brien is in it and i can't wait to see him because i love him so much (laughs) i think it's giving like ingrid goes west vibes Oh, I really like that I song. I love Ingrid Goes West. I love Aubrey Plaza. My Discord avatar is actually um, the brother, the twink brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. I recognize him. That's how, yeah. 
Yeah. But we were talking about Jane Austen. She's actually, according to the family tree my cousin made up, she's apparently our auntie. I know. I don't really believe it, but I'm going to go with it. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um... Apparently... We're related to her through her sister. I, I mean, I haven't seen the family tree as evidence, but I will roll with it. <laughs> I mean, okay. I do think that Glenn Powell should replace um, Archie Hammer as, like, the generic white boy. Like, definitely. Do you mean Army Hammer? Huh? Army Hammer. Oh! What'd I say? Archie. I thought <laughs> you <didn't remember. laughs> Yeah. You know what I bet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think him or Billy Magnuson, him or yeah. Billy Magnuson will should replace the, Billy you know, Magnuson. they should be the, yeah. Billy Magnuson is so beautiful, oh my gosh, I love him. Uh, he should have been Ken, as much as I love Ryan Gosling, Billy Magnuson was like made to play Ken in Barbie. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> and he plays, not... um, maybe he doesn't want to keep playing him though, because that seems to be all he does for a little while. I mean, I, I would say let him have fun, but also he wants to do something different. He could do something mm. different. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But he did Bond, and now he's doing uh, Spy Kids. So that'd be fun. Yes. Oh, one thing I am going to pass on is all the uh, movie nerds being upset that Shuri could possibly be Black Panther. Um, there was a theory thrown around in our group chat recently that possibly Shuri will be Black Panther for a time, and then she'll pass it on to T'Challa's son. And yeah. there's also, it's been confirmed basically that they had to kind of like rework the film after Letitia came out and, you know, shared that anti-vaccine video on her Twitter and Don Cheadle yeah. deleted his tweet calling her out. And, <laughs> you know, she was not getting vaccinated even though they film in Atlanta. And Atlanta is <laughs> crawling with COVID. As someone who lives here, I can tell you it is. No one's wearing masks. <laughs> No one wanted to wear masks during 2020 when they needed to. Because I worked in a grocery store, and let me tell you something. The amount of times I had to run after people with the mask being like, Hello? Put it on! It's, it's the same here. It's it's awful here. People just don't care. And like, like you've probably noticed me muting the mic mm-hmm. so I could cough. It's because like two months ago I had COVID for a second time, and I've still kind of got, like, not a sore throat, but like a tickly kind of thing that makes me cough. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... And I barely leave the house as it is. It was someone else brought it in. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if we just wore masks, everything would just be a little bit more simple. If but people, like, yeah, just. If y'all would just, especially, especially at the airport, why mm. are there no masks at the airport? Be yep. And on the real. underground. Yep. The airport. <laughs> yeah. Um,. Uh, yeah. So, my thoughts. Black Panther 2, I'm very excited for, you know, Wakanda Forever, of course. But the thing is that, like, I'm not giving theories. I'm not, you know, I don't want to read too much industry news. I want to go in, watch the movie, like the movie, and then leave. If you have something bad to say about the movie, don't say it around me. Because I frankly do not care. I have made it up in my mind that this is going to be a masterpiece. When yeah. when my girl, Angela Bassett, said, have I not given enough? I said, yeah, that's that right there. <laughs> when we went into the transition into We Gonna Be Alright by Kendrick Lavar, I was like, you see, the fact that Ryan Coogler 
minds his business and lives his quiet life with his beautiful yeah. black wife and then comes <laughs> back to give us a movie you guys need to put your hands together and keep it together and just thank the lord we got a good director on our yep. hands you know and i also want to say not every good director needs to direct a marvel movie all right jordan yeah. peele not wanting to take part in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is fine. I remember a year after Moonlight came out, Barry Jenkins was asked if he had been approached to direct a Marvel movie. And he kind of like sidestepped the the question. And he was kind of like, if someone's given the opportunity, that's great. But you know, they still need filmmakers making independent films of new ideas and new genres. And And I was like, just say you said no. (laughs) Just say that you turned it down. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay, Barry. It's okay. We love you. You can just say, "Oh yeah, I told Kevin no." He said, "He said I'm good over here. I'm good in my hood." You know, it's fine. We love you, anyways. Nia DaCosta directing the Marvels is exactly what I needed in my life. Cause oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause one thing about it. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for the Marvels. Also, Miss Paris. I have loved you from the start of your career. The first black woman directing a Marvel movie with Miss Paris, man, and also Ironheart. Oh, I'm excited for Ironheart. When they did the shot by shot of Tony Stark hammering the metal and Ironheart doing the same thing, man, y'all thought top, y'all thought Spider Man was gonna be the Iron Man. Y'all thought Spider Man. You must not read the comics. Yeah. You must not read the comics. You must not read the comics. My girl has been waiting in the wings. She's already. Be careful. She's already. Be careful though with spoilers because Lego may have spoiled who is Black Panther. Who? Yeah, Lego. Oh. They've started their promotions for the Black Panther two Lego sets, and one of them has a potential spoiler. But oh. I won't say. But be on the lookout. I mean, I'll tell you in private message <laughs> if you want me to, but I won't. <laughs> if, unless you want me to. Oh, I feel like I can but, guess. You probably can, yeah. Because it could be, it could be literally like um, I have my guess as to who was going to be Black Panther, and I feel yeah. like my idea of who was going to be Black Panther is better than what they're actually going to go with. But you know, it's whatever. Also, yeah. I do want to say I found out a year after the movie came out. I don't know who told me this. I don't know where I found this out. Yaya Abdul-Mantin was in the running to be Killmonger, and oh really? Yes, I feel like if he was casted as Killmonger the movie would have ended so differently. Yeah. Because as much as I love, I like Michael B. Jordan, his acting isn't always, like, my go-to, which is why I didn't like that Just Mercy got more reward show buzz rather than clemency. Because Michael B. Jordan and Brie Larson are in that movie, you know? And nothing against the film, because the director and the writer of the film, you know, he's very talented. In, In real life, he's a very heartbreaking person who actually does work in the civil rights movement. But, like you know, two Marvel stars in a movie together about civil rights. Let's give it an awards season push. You know what I mean? But, like... Yeah. Abdul-Mantin is also the kind of person where, like, he is an actor! He is an actor! He's like a a powerhouse performer. Him as Black Manta in an Aquaman made me almost not want to walk out of the movie theater when I watched it. I still did! But... Him, like, I want to rewrite, I was about to rewrite the Black Manta story. Because I feel like if they rewrote it a different way, if instead of him being handed the tech, he somehow um, 
like reverse engineered it and then made it yeah. better and then went after Aquaman, that would have made a story a lot more interesting and that would open the door yeah. to a Black Manta film. Even though, you know, DC is kind of dealing with Ezra Miller and oh, everything else yeah. that. But you know. Um, yeah. I would like to see that, basically. We would like to see it, you know. Um, yes. What else? What was I going to say? Um, I have a film. I thought of one that ahead. I do not care about. Go ahead. Wonka. Huh? Wonka. It's a Willy out. Wonka. When is it coming out? Is it this year? Is it... I think it's next year. Oh. Oh, are we only counting films from this year? You can go ahead. It's fine. Wonka. Oh, it's yeah. Well, Wonka's my choice. Oh, I thought, I thought it was the end of this year. It's coming out at the end yeah. of next year. Oh, why? Like, well, what's in it that needs to be worked on so hard? Well, it is a musical, so it makes sense why it's coming out at Christmas. Also, oh, Timothy yeah. Chalamet is filming Dune 2. Mm. Yeah, they're waiting on him, you know. I think they, have they not finished? Maybe they haven't finished it. I know there were some leaks, because they were filming not too far from me. But, yeah, I don't like the look of it. I just don't see the point of a Willy Wonka prequel. Did they they already did that, did that in the Tim Burton one, basically. Well, it's a musical film, and it's in post-production right now. But a lot of the time with like musicals, there's the sound editing and like the other stuff that hasn't um, even yeah. worked. And it's possibly like I think they're being inspired from like the original Willy Wonka. Yeah. The man who shall not be named. And they're probably bringing in some elements and in that they also had like editing and like CGI to do. So the fact that it's gonna take a year to edit it makes sense. But those kind of movies shouldn't mm-hmm. take a year to edit. They should take a little bit more, in my opinion. Yeah. Music in movies is very weird. And, like, sound engineering is, like, very important. Something Christopher Nolan can never get right. Hmm. <laughs> girl. We don't have time to go down that rabbit hole. We don't have time to go for that. But... <laughs> yeah, Black Panther is coming out. I'm excited for it. If you have anything bad to say about Black Panther, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You keep to yourself. If you're upset that Shuri might become Black Panther, honestly, you kick rocks. Because Ironheart is going to be the next Iron Man. And y'all going to be real pressed. Listen. <laughs> you can stay Do you that. think it'll be better than the first one? Do I think that'll be better than the first one? I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. I, will, I have faith yeah. in Ryan Coogler and his vision. And to be honest, I'm not surprised that Daniel Kaluuya wasn't in black panther this year not because like he wouldn't want to do marvel anymore but i do believe that like with the trajectory that daniel kaluuya is going at in the movies that he's been making him not returning to black panther makes sense for the kind of things he's saying yes to yeah and he's he's kind of moved more into kind of the leading role Mm -hmm. like i mean he was obviously the leading in get out but then he kind of filtered back into supporting for a little while like in black panther one he was supporting him getting black panther is a huge get so of course you would say oh, yeah. yes to that because that really does get you there. And him being a Black Panther and also being Get Out and being nominated as an Oscar sets your career mm. up for a great trajectory. He's done very, very well. And even though Queen and Slim was trash, he was still a good actor in it. So he definitely has the, you know, he is becoming more of a household name and he has, he's got the support. Like he really is showing that he is that guy. So yeah. for him to say no to Black Panther 2 isn't any much of a dig, obviously, but it's just showing that like he has a different he has different roles in mind 
and he's kind of like sending that message out to the industry and him pairing up with Jordan Peele is definitely going to make him a lot more uh, sought after as well yeah Mm-hmm. I do think he will be back maybe not in a Black Panther 3 but with like two Avengers films coming up and with what their storylines are they're going to need as many characters as they can and I feel like if they give him a beefy enough role he'll probably come back I don't think so I think, I think no? that more screen time is going to M'Baku oh yeah I can see that yeah I guess I should just say I I thought that M'Baku would be the next Black Panther I felt mm. like I feel like Shuri is a good choice because she's the smartest Avenger, but also yeah. because M'Baku was someone who had already vied for that role, it's not far-fetched, but it also feels like he was the middle ground between Killmonger and T'Challa, and it yeah. would make sense if they wanted to go with him to bring unity to the nation. Yeah, I'm interested to see who's going to be the... Well, we know who the antagonist is, but I'm interested to see how that's going to come into play with Black Panther and I okay Black Panther can this be the one MCU movie we don't do the multiverse can this be the one we leave it alone can this be the one where we're like no can this be the one where we're like no I don't think it'll be a multiverse film okay cause listen as much as I want to say you know let's just kinda you know y'all can do that over there let it, yeah. It's definitely gonna be like, oh, y'all were dealing with different universes. Like, yeah, what were you dealing with? Um, Atlantis. Like Atlantis. I was like, Bitch, they're green, and they're like green. I was like, like I need that kind of, you know. Also, can I see um 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 Don Cheadle in the Black Panther movie, please? The one black actor we've had in the MCU all this time, and they're not in this movie. Can Samuel Jackson be in this movie too, please? I know he's going to be in the Freeman Marvels, but, you know. Can yeah. I get an end credit scene with not Sebastian Stan? No hate to Sebastian. If Sebastian's going to be in it, Anthony needs to be in it, too. Anthony needs to be in it, too, because he's, Captain, Mar- he's yeah. Captain America. Yeah, y'all forgot that, but I want to remind you. He's Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since y'all like to forget. Forget. Anyways. Um... Your shirt just reminded me of another film I'm not interested in. <laughs> Which one? Mario with Chris Pratt. <laughs> you know that he only gets all these voice roles because he's not vaccinated, right? I never even thought of that. That makes so much sense. <laughs> Why else would he get these roles? You know he's Sorry. trying to he's trying to distance himself from Hillsong. He's trying to distance is himself he? from Hillsong. Oh yeah, he is. He's trying to yeah. apologize for what he said about his son. Well, what he didn't say. What he did. You know what I mean? He's trying yeah. to like rewrite history because he's leaving the MCU. That's the thing. He's leaving the MCU with the newest um, Galaxy movie. And, like, here's the thing. (laughs) It's very clear when certain people's contracts are going up and certain people's contracts are not being written up. If you need every single person you work with to vouch for you as you're a nice person because there's a whole popularity contest, but someone whose movie is being completely, no other word, shitted on by trolls, y'all don't want to say anything? nothing yeah. this girl and has like... a youtube channel y'all can't throw her a bone <laughs> she has a youtube channel listen that is what free time what are you doing playing animal crossing why is tessa thompson playing fortnite with you when she should be <laughs> learning her lines for a netflix movie <laughs> somebody needs to help my girl out 
because she's still in <laughs> NFTs, and I don't know how long I could stand by her if she's doing this. You know, I would say, that's like they're all peddling NFTs. It's like it's a women-run yeah. company, helps the environment. Girl, we know what they are. Yeah, we, but they're just scams. We watch Zilla, okay? We know what it is. <laughs> we know what it is. I don't understand why you'd pay for something that you can right-click and save as. <laughs> People are losing real money over fake money. And mm. they ain't never gonna be me, honey. Okay? I can't even lose... I lose my real money every day. I can't afford to lose my fake money. Absolutely not. Um, Going back to Hillsong Church, though, we have one in the town I live in. We have a Hillsong chapter... And I can tell you that they are very homophobic because they have, when they first opened, they knocked on our door. I don't know why, maybe looking for recruits, my mom answered. And she was very nasty with them asking, like, about, like, will you accept gay people? And they were pretty much like, no. <laughs> oh. Which, like, I don't know if Chris, I don't know Chris Pratt, so I don't know if he is homophobic, but his, but people need to understand that him being a member of Hillsong Church kind of makes him by default you know also it's like it's obvious that because he's leaving the mcu he's trying to reshape his image because like yeah who's gonna work with a guy who does action movies and marvel movies like is he a serious mm. actor is he a real actor because it's like he fits into the family-friendly genre but also like to fit into family-friendly movies people need to like you yeah yeah it's going to be a problem if families go to see a movie and their 14-year-old kid is talking about how shitty you are during the whole movie. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Go ahead. What do you think he's going to sound like as Mario? He's going to sound like himself the same way that Ryan Reynolds sounded when he was Pikachu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can kind of hear Chris Pratt as Garfield, but I, I just cannot imagine it as Mario. It's not going to fit. It's not going to work. It's just... Mm, such a dumb casting decision. It's just the, the worst one in recent history. <laughs> there was... Hold on. There is a show on uh, ABC Family. You probably haven't seen it. It's called Baby Daddy. And there is an actor... I have seen that. I, I have seen that. Yeah. I, I know what you're about to say. You're saying they <laughs> should replace him with the guy Daddy I agree Miller with. Danny Wheeler should be the new Chris Pratt. Danny Wheeler should be the new Chris Pratt. He's ready. He's like the only reason I watched that show for. <laughs> He's ready. He's ready. Listen. He was almost in the MCU, I think, because he was in like a show. Like they did a pilot, but it was never picked up, and it had like Squirrel Girl in it. They should absolutely just just let him just push. Let's like just introduce him, and then we just. I don't kinda... think people will notice. <laughs> Please, if we're doing DC, he should be Green Lantern. The guy from Baby Daddy. Yes. Or, yeah, I could listen, there are a plethora of white guys in the MCU. Literally, <laughs> just give him any of the roles. Any one of them. Please. <laughs> Do it. Also, uh, when is Armor Wars coming out? I know Don Cheadle... Yeah, they didn't even mention it at Comic-Con, did they? The thing is, Don Cheadle has Black Monday. He has his production company. He's producing a movie, I think, pretty soon... And he's producing a movie about the first black millionaire, I think, as if they do with the stock market. So obviously he's busy. That might be why then it's been it's like quietly delayed. Literally, the producer had to be like, it's coming, guys. Like, I promise yeah. you, it's it's coming. I know they didn't probably still it's coming. working out scheduling. I know Secret Invasion is going to come out at some point. Yeah, uh, I want to say next year. The fact that, is She-Hulk the next MCU show we're watching? Yeah, um... In a few weeks, yeah. Oh. Listen, I stand with workers. 
I do. If your protest is making She-Hulk look terrible, I get it. But also, y'all could have just casted a woman who wasn't petite and 5'3 to play yeah, no, just... She-Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> like, she transforms. Okay, but she could also just be a body... This has a lot to do with Hollywood and their problem with body image. I, I digress. Yeah. Tatiana Maslany, I love you, but maybe... Tatiana Maslany should be Wasp. Oh, yeah. She should be Wasp. That'd be better. Because Lily... Girl, what is... Girl, what's going on? Why do you have against vaccines? For real. <laughs> you and Jessica Biel don't want to work no more, huh? Y'all like being broke. Is that it? Y'all want to be known for what you did in the 2000s, and that's it. Be for real. All right. We're done. I, I We've been talking for three hours. I've never recorded a podcast this long. I've, <laughs> I've been having so much fun. It's like 3.30 a.m. where I am, but I've been having so much fun. <laughs> You need to go to bed. I need to let you go. I need to let you go. <laughs> Guys, listen. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. All of Jordan's links will be in the description. Go check him out and all of his things. I may have to split this up into two pods because this is really long, but that's okay. I had fun talking to you. This was great. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for saying yes. Gosh. I'd like to come back. I had so much fun. Of course you could go back. You could go back anytime. Yes, of course. I have a new guest every week. So, of course, I would need someone to come back. So, you know. Do you have a guest next week? Who's your guest? Yes, I have two people coming on. We're going to talk about the boys. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forget. I have to recheck. I think one is Elijah. He said yes. Oh, yeah. I know Elijah. Yeah, and someone else. I'm going to have to double check, but I had to, like, send them. I I saw someone... I saw someone called John. Is that from the cinema spot? Yes. I think John... Oh, yeah. He's, he's my editor, yeah. I think I've asked him to do it, but I don't know if he's... I don't know if... We haven't confirmed it yet. I have to think of, like, what to talk about first. Yeah. I usually try to stick, stick to stuff that's popular, or, like, stuff that everyone else is talking about. But sometimes I'm just like, yeah. is this something you want to talk about? We could just go about that. Like, I'm yeah. cool with it. Because the biopics, obviously Elvis has come out, so... That'll kind of tie you into it. And a lot of biopic news has been being released. So, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot this month as well. Mm-hmm. But, yes, thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on the <laughs> It's pod. okay. Thank you for having me. Of course. <laughs> and, guys, feel free to check us out on our socials. And, you know, oh, my gosh, this was so much fun. And we'll see you on the next pod. Bye. Don't leave yet. Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you so much for saying yes. And thank you so much for being on.